This podcast is brought to you by The North Star, an independent media company fully supported by our members at thenorthstar.com. We are able to speak truth to power without fear or hesitation because people just like you support this work with their monthly and annual contributions. If you're already a member, thank you. If not, join us so that we can continue our liberation journalism through podcasts, articles, activism, and so much more. Again, join us now at thenorthstar.com. One thing that's super, super clear to me is that we don't have any idea whatsoever how many people in this country actually have the coronavirus. Why? Because we're not doing the testing. And if we don't know in our cities, in in New York City, in Los Angeles, in Houston, in your hometown, in major cities and states all over the country, if we don't know how many people we have who actually have the coronavirus, we have no idea how it's spreading or how effective we are by being in isolation. Well, imagine if we don't have any idea how the coronavirus is spreading for us. I need to take a moment and imagine what it must be like in America's overcrowded jails and prisons. I need to break something down for you. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The the Breakdown. The United States Constitution gives the president almost unlimited power to commute the sentences of people serving time in federal prison. Now, by commute the sentence, I mean let people go home, go back to their communities. The president can order the release of people from federal prison basically whenever they want to do it. Like, it can be right now the president could literally commute thousands and thousands of sentences just by the stroke of a pen. And last month, Donald Trump, and you may have seen this, but there's so much going on that things that should be big news kind of fly under the radar. Last month, President Trump granted clemency to a man named Rod Blagojevich. He was the former governor of Illinois, and Blagojevich was sentenced to prison for what amounts to trying to sell a United States Senate seat. When President Obama was elected, It opened up his Senate seat and the governor of Illinois got to fill that seat until the next election. Well, Rod Blagojevich was the governor. And instead of simply trying to find the most qualified candidate, he tried to profit from the appointment, which is completely, totally, blatantly illegal on many levels. Well, Trump's commutation of his sentence caused a media uproar because Blagojevich once appeared on Trump's reality television show. And because the former governor's sister appeared on Fox News several times asking for his release. And so we know Trump watches Fox and probably saw Rod's sister begging for his release. And Rod was on The Apprentice. And so he commuted Rod Blagojevich's sentence. Now, let me be clear. There are far too many people in America's jails and prisons. We know, and you already know this, we have an incarceration crisis in this country. 
we lock up more people than any other country on earth. So I favor that clemency power. I'm glad that the president has that power. And I'm actually even glad that Rod Blagojevich is now out of prison. He served, if I'm correct, eight years in prison, and eight years is actually a, a long time. I just want President Trump to use his power more often, much more often. And don't get me wrong, I was overjoyed when Trump used his clemency power to commute the sentence of Alice Marie Johnson, who was a wonderful woman who spent almost 22 outrageous years in federal prison for a first-time drug offense. While she was incarcerated, Alice became a completely changed woman. I'm reading her biography right now, and she's just so amazing. While she was serving a life sentence, Alice earned numerous certifications that included pastoral counseling, electric one, uh, office proficiency, hospice care. She earned a certificate in personal fitness training. While in prison, she became renowned as a gifted playwright. She was ordained as a minister. Like, the woman is amazing. And Donald Trump even ran, and you may have seen it, a Super Bowl ad with Alice Johnson to try to show his commitment to criminal justice reform. But here's the thing. Let me break it down. Break it down. Donald Trump continues to receive so much criticism for commuting Blagojevich's sentence because on the same day that he pardoned Blagojevich, he basically also wiped away the record of conviction for three other very wealthy, very white men. Listen, he has a track record of using his mercy in a way that primarily benefits his powerful friends and allies. And it makes it seem as though Trump commuted the sentence of Alice Johnson to give himself some type of cover for commuting the sentences primarily of white, wealthy, super-connected people. Well, yesterday, Ayanna Presley, who I love and respect so much, she's a progressive Democratic congresswoman from Massachusetts. You need to follow her and check out her work. She seemed to suggest at a congressional oversight committee meeting that Donald Trump should use his power to commute sentences much more vigorously in the coming weeks. Do you know why? The coronavirus. Listen, jails and prisons are a major risk when it comes to the coronavirus. Jail and prisons across the country are mostly filthy and severely overcrowded. People who are locked up are often kept in very close proximity to one another, which is the exact opposite of what the CDC and other experts are saying we need to keep it from spreading. The federal defender in New York said last week that there is one unit in a federal detention facility that had over 25 people in it sharing one toilet. 25 people for one toilet. People frequently don't have access to soap and water when they need it in jails and prisons. Hand sanitizer is often prohibited because it has alcohol content in it, which is ridiculous. Nobody's eating or drinking hand sanitizer. But in most jails and prisons, it's completely banned. Healthcare in prisons is a complete mess. And the coronavirus spreads 
under these conditions, it not only impacts the people who are locked up, but also the people who work in the prison. And it's not just the people who work in the prison who are at risk. It's their families, their young children, their elderly parents, their partner who has cancer or a weak immune system. And it's also all of us. People who work in prisons, they go to supermarkets, they shop, they go to Starbucks, they take their kids to playgrounds. And see, this is what I need you to understand. Because of the coronavirus, keeping people in prison is a high-risk public safety issue. What we really need to do is rapidly shrink the population of our jails and prisons. And where do we start? My friends at the Justice Collaborative are experts on the criminal legal system, and right now they're working with a brilliant team of public health experts. And here's what they told me when I asked them where we should start. They said, here's here's what they said, release medically vulnerable and older adults immediately. Jails and prisons house large numbers of people with chronic illnesses and complex medical needs who are much more vulnerable to becoming seriously ill, and they require medical care with the coronavirus. They also said that the growing number of adults in prisons are at higher risk for serious complications from a viral infection like COVID-19, and that releasing these vulnerable groups from prison and jail will reduce the need to provide much more complex medical care or transfers to hospitals where staff will be stretched thin. So what does all that have to do with Donald Trump and his power to commute sentences? Well, it's time for Trump to lead the country and to release people, elderly people and sick people from federal custody. What I've seen is that other states tend to follow the lead of the president. Yesterday, particularly conservative states, yesterday at a meeting of the Congressional Oversight Committee, Ayanna Presley, who is a major champion of justice reform, asked the Trump administration's top public health brass, including Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's from the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, she asked him whether the president should use his clemency power to release medically vulnerable people right now. Here's what Ayanna Presley asked him. She asked, the administration has touted and expressed a commitment to criminal justice reform as a priority. She said, the president has granted less commutations than the previous administration. However, with overcrowding, the federal correction system is a breeding ground for a deadly outbreak. And then she asked, has the president or any member of the coronavirus task force raise clemency power as a method of preventing a potentially devastating outbreak in prisons. And Dr. Dr. Anthony Fauci from the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Disease said, to my knowledge, no. What Ayanna Presley was really pressing right there is whether Donald Trump uses criminal justice reform to pretend to champion people like Alice Marie Johnson when instead he uses people like Johnson as a cover to commute the sentences of his wealthy friends. If he's serious about criminal justice reform, and right now, especially if he's serious about public safety and saving the most lives, he'll use his clemency power 
to commute the sentences of the sick and elderly in prison right away. And it's not just Donald Trump. And I need to say that. The laws of many states give the governor power to commute sentences of people locked up in state prisons. Yesterday in Illinois, advocates began calling on Governor Pritzker there, who's a good man, calling on him to use his clemency power to release elderly and sick people from prison. Also this week in Indiana, more than 100 community organizations and leaders signed on to a letter asking the governor, Eric Holcomb, to release elderly and infirm people from state prisons. And here in New York, advocates are doing the same thing. They are urging Governor Cuomo to release elderly people from New York's prisons. Listen, and here's what I need you to understand. We need a comprehensive policy that really tackles all of society when we are confronting the coronavirus, all right? It's not just hand sanitizer. It's, it's our most vulnerable populations, the homeless, the incarcerated, who are at super high risk. And here's what I need you to understand, and this is a selfish way to position it, that if we don't confront the challenges and problems of the most vulnerable in our society, it will affect all of us. That's how this virus spreads. Like, it's not, listen, I want senior citizens to be released from prison anyway. But now that they are super vulnerable for a virus that could spread to the medical staff, to all the prison staff, to friends, family, and attorneys, and they could take it back to wherever they go, we need to address the most vulnerable spots where this virus could hit people the hardest. We need to address that stuff right away. Listen, I got to run. I'm watching this thing carefully. I'm hoping and praying that each of you are well. Take care of yourself. Be super careful. Be vigilant. And try to be helpful where you can. All right? Take care, everybody. Break it down.